Hey everybody, this is Breezy coming at you with another one-time event podcast. This week we had Pat Whedon from the CC and the Regionals Contact come down, hang out, and talk about Flipside. So sit back and enjoy. How long have you been going to Flipside? I've been going to Flipside since there was Flipside. So uh, in 1998, there was Burning Man, Texas, uh, which was a thing that George Papp did, put an ad in the Chronicle, uh, 30 people showed up. I was going to go, had plans to go. I had met George by that point and went out Friday night and just got a little intoxicated and was way too hungover. And instead of going, me and Neil went back to casino the next night. And, <laughs> yeah, I realized as I was driving or getting ready to leave leave my temporary apartment that uh, all my camping stuff was still up at my friend's place in Dallas, and I was that was kind of the final straw to make me not go. So, oh well, but yeah, but basically we started Flipside the next year, and I, I've been to all of them. So all of them. So what do you what do you look at it whenever you go from you know the I guess the first official year to what 15, 16 years later? Yeah, I know it, I know it can drive. I'm not sure if it can vote yet. Um, <laughs> I think it might be able to vote this year. I can't remember. So going from your year official one to now, you know, the differences that you've seen, what is the most interesting thing that you've seen go from, you know, what, two, 200, 300 people to now almost 3,000? Wow. Biggest, um, that's a good question. I mean, it's a different event. I mean, which is, I would, it damn well better be a different event. I mean, I wouldn't want to go to the same thing for however many years it's been. I mean, in the beginning it was... I mean, same kind of core principles, but it was a bunch of friends going on a camping trip. Mm-hmm. And that's really what it still is at its core. But first flip side, I knew probably not everyone, but I definitely knew everyone's friend. And now it's we're probably at – there's probably people, especially these days, um, I'm probably three degrees of separation maybe from people. And so, you know, it makes for, it makes for a different event. The core ideas are hopefully the same. People express their – they express those core ideas, I think, differently than they used to because it's maybe people aren't as crazy or maybe people understand that it's hard to do crazy things when you have 3,000 as opposed to 300 people. But, yeah, I'm not sure that that really is a good answer, but it's kind of a, kind of states what's really happened. That I, I wouldn't say that, oh, there's this many more theme camps, there's this many more art pieces because that's not really what it's, it's kind of about. It's more – it's – it's what's I think more curious is what's still the same, and it's I think I hopefully I think the attitude's still the same. Uh, the what I said last was like, yeah. But why do you why do you keep going after so many years? Then uh, you go from you know the first year all the way now. Uh, there's got to be some kind of you know draw there. Well, I mean, at this at this point, frankly, there's there's certainly inertia. I mean, that's always a real fact to deal with everyone's lives. And I mean, it's a family reunion. There's people that I see, you know, only at Flipside or only at Burning Man or only at the the leadership summits in San Francisco or at you know, burn events, things like that. And so for me, it's always been about the people. I remember I went to Burning Man in '97, and I remember coming back, and I was in a really weird space at that time. But it's like coming back to the people I was staying with, and they're like, you know, how was it? I was like, it was. As you may have guessed, it was freaking awesome. You know, it's like it was amazing. It's like I know where I'm going to be every Labor Day for forever and ever. And one of the things that I remember saying was, 
it's like it was the art was super cool the the burn was really neat but i was the costumes were amazing but i was one thing that's that stuck with me and i still feel is if the people were wearing you know abercrombie i guess i don't know what the popular thing was tommy hilfinger shirts back in 97 or whatever it would be you know and no costumes no art it's like still the people that i met and would have conversations with were super interesting I mean, and it's just the the attitude of don't tell me what you do. Tell me who you are. You know, that type of thing I think is still there and that's still attractive to me. And that's still the kind of people I want to hang out with. People like that go to these events. So I think that's, I think that's probably why I go. And I just get asked that, you know, why do you keep going to this event every time? It's like, well, it's a different know, event every time. It is. It is. It's, it's. That's why it's one time event. <laughs> well, yeah, hey, it is one in, yeah. time, it's literally a one time event that just happens every year. Well, it's and the thing is, is that's such a good. I mean, it's such a good metaphor for for what uh, what life is. I mean, you're never gonna live this moment again, and it's like it's so cliche. But it's the thing is, is lots of cliches become that way because they're true. Having that be reinforced to people and remembering that and like taking time to go to an event that celebrates that is i mean it's important and it's what i'd like to say is you know burns are kind of our laboratory for what we want the rest of the year to be and so i think that that's a really good way to just get people into that mindset of you know appreciate where you are live in the moment that doesn't mean live like there's no, no tomorrow, but appreciate where you are at any certain time. <laughs> so what are your, what are your favorite memories of, of, you know, going so many years? I mean, you have so many now. Wow. Yeah. Favorite memories. I, I'm not yeah. a big fan of like, what is your favorite anything? Cause it's always such a, it's everything always depends on where you are at a sure. certain moment, but like big, I mean, things that stuck with me. I remember, uh, the, kind of scavenger hunt slash capture the flag slash flag stealing slash whatever it was that we did. Uh, I remember one night in, I can't remember what year it was. It might've been, it might've been monkey. It might've been down the rabbit hole. But anyway, I should remember walking around with Champa and a huge group of people and just doing a bunch of jackassery and like having fun with other camps with people that are our friends and like being like you know just having really super playful things that what's funny is basically we went around doing capture the flag and what happened was it escalated to a point that was dumb and someone stole someone's tent and they broke it and they got mad and it's like we all learned a whole lot from that which was basically you know it's like hey it's all fun and games till you get your eye poked out and so but everyone understood everyone was part of the game and it's it's it was such a good learning experience and it was just like oh wow it's like we're having fun in this jackassery and we're actually learning stuff too so i mean that was good watching i mean everyone remembers their first effigy burn i remember watching the man burn at burning man in 97 that was super cool watching the monkey go up that was that was amazing that was uh dave almost's first effigy he did for flipside and my wife or my girlfriend at the time my now wife beth she had done some effigies before that, and I remember sitting on top of the tiki bus, and the way that the monkey ignited it wasn't exactly what they had in mind, but it was still basically about 200 pounds, and I may be exaggerating some, but a, a whole lot of propane just getting dumped as fast as this valve could let it go. You know, the fire had been going for maybe 15 seconds before then, and all of a sudden, 
this giant wall of flame goes up and everyone around the circle goes scurrying back because they're like, oh my god, I'm going to be immolated. I remember, I just remember Beth screaming, it's like, Dave, where's the foreplay? And it was just, I don't know, that was a really, that really stuck with me. <laughs> Throwing logs into the fire way back when, when Michael Michael, uh, Danger Ranger, came to the event. I think that was 2000? I think it was, might have been 2001. But just like, you know, we were a few hundred people and no real perimeter was just kind of common sense and like fire would start and people would throw lo- the logs that were sitting around kind of at the fire and one hit George. And I remember talking to Michael Michael after after the event, just being like, hey, how do you know, what do you think of how the actual burn went, you know, in terms, because he's a ranger, like in terms of perimeter. It's, he's just like, he's like, he's like, it was awesome. It's like, it was, there was no security. There was no perimeter. It's like, you know, enjoy that right now. It's like, you're not going to have that forever. And it was just, you know, such a, a poignant thing looking back at it now. It's just like, oh yeah, he's, he was totally right. It's like, there's a lot more now just because it makes a lot more sense. So those are, those are the memories that came to me first. I can go on for way too long. Uh, you're on the CC, uh, which is a combustion chamber. Uh, have you done anything more than just CC? Have you been on the LLC? Have you? Yeah, I was. Um, I was one of the founding members of AARLC. So the the kind of the history is in '99. It was uh, just George rented rec plant from Stacy, basically just his name, no no uh, legal organization. And uh, there was a guy that year, the night of the burn that. I can't remember exactly if he, how it happened, but basically he was next to the fire and he fell or he leaned back or he tripped or I can't remember exactly what happened. That's horrible. Um, but he basically ended up putting his hand into the fire, into the bed of coals. Burned himself pretty bad. He was a bass player. He actually healed up really well, but that was, you know, that was scary. It's like, oh, wow. It's like that guy could have sued us, you know, could have sued somebody, could have basically, you know, done something to make this not fun anymore. And he didn't, he recognized that it was, you know, the whole, you may die at this event type thing that he took responsibility for himself, which is really refreshing, but it made us all realize that, Hey, there needs to be, there probably needs to be a a legal, some sort of legal entity that can at least shield people's personal property, et cetera, from, uh, from being taken away in the event of some sort of catastrophe, some sort of tragedy. And so George and Prost put together Austin Artistic Deconstruction. It was just those two. I don't rem- I don't think they got external insurance that year, but basically that entity was LLC was formed, signed the contract with Stacy at Rec Plant. What they realized was, hey, two people on a on a board doesn't make any sense. Basically, if you disagree, you know, what do you do? After the event that year, basically all the people that had been going out and drinking copious amounts of tequila together every night and uh, doing a lot of the lead positions. We all got together and we're like, Hey, who wants to form a new organization? Let's take all the people that want to, let's put them in, let's put those names in a hat and let's let all these people that are here vote on who, who should be it from those people. We want to have five people. And so we did that. It ended up being me and Champa and George and Karen and Jeremy. That was ARLC, and I was on that organization. I was part of that organization for, I have no idea, eight years, something like that. It was the second, I think the second year at Flat Creek, 
was the first event, the first time I wasn't on the LLC, but can't remember, it might have been the second year. But to, yeah, so I did did that. Um, I don't know. I ran. I was reader lead way back when. I've done. I try very hard to not have any official duties at the event because I really like to say, wake up and say, hey, I feel like doing this. I feel like doing that. And if I want to go be a ranger, see if they need a dirt ranger, or go. I haven't done that in a long time. You know, you know, go be a shaven ape. Just kind of, just kind of go in and do things more ad hoc as opposed to being part of that organizational structure. Yeah, I played AARLC for a while. I don't know. I've done stuff with Burning Man. I've been a part of the regionals network since it started. Basically, they I didn't want to be a regional contact, but they I was I've been on the mailing list and been going to the conferences and up on those. It was a meta regional for Burning Man, which is basically a uh, helped a group that was formed to help find the direction for the regionals network and help determine its its path forward and how it would change and try to be kind of ahead of uh, what would be needed with you know moving to the project all those kind of things so so what do you what do you do at the regionals exactly at the at the conferences I mean do you go to do you, do they have uh, like actual conferences there do they mm -hmm. do they speak and whatnot regionals network um, basically started geez I should know that I but it started some time ago was really just a way, especially after Burning Man 97, when I can't remember what uh, entity it was, it was the state police or the county sheriff, but they basically came in and took all Burning Man's money. And were like, we're going to take your money now. They could, because, you know, they have the guns. And, you know, it, it got worked out, but it's like that was a time when Burning Man, the organization, was like, hey, this, this can all go to shit, and it's really cool what we're doing, and it's important. Like that from that whole thing, there's a, there's a lot more story to that, but it's basically eventually what happened is the regionals network sprung out of it, and there's a lot of really smart people that have been doing this stuff for a long time, and so like event planning, that's a big part of what goes on in this conference. Basically, leadership training, uh, community involvement, community organization, basically uh, arts funding organizations, all those type of things. Basically, the problems and the processes and best practices and ideas for new ways like all of those things get discussed at this conference and there's there's track like it's evolved into a thing it used to just be more of a summit and kind of a sharing of stories and inspiration uh, and some trainings um and now it's it is really much more of a conference type setting where it's basically there's tracks about event production or there's tracks about you know uh basically um being a regional contact what that what that in, what that entails um there's for uh community arts, community outreach, that type of thing. It's, and so basically there's like, how should you run tickets? Should you have children at your events? How can you find new land for your events? Um, what's the best way to start an arts funding organization? What, let's, you know, walk through the 10 principles. How do they contradict each other? You know, those, those type of things get discussed all day long. And then there's usually events in the evening that are more social based it's been dovetailed with their autumnal equinox, or the the the, the Bernal equinox, the uh, some of the the volunteer appreciation parties that Burning Man does, and so it's just it's not only all this amazing content, but it's it's a lot of good. It's basically another family reunion. It's like seeing these people, and it's you know especially if these are people that you've only run into at either their event or you know their event, your event. That's not really what I mean, but basically the event that they they help produce, or at Burning Man. You know what it's like to run into people at burn events. 
you're not hanging out with them in a hotel bar or at you know a house party. You get a, you get to go a little bit more deep than you can, or maybe it's just that you can remember more than you might be able to when you're in the middle of a huge transformative experience like a burn event, like a like a large, especially a large scale one. And so it's um, it's like I say that that's what that's one of my my the fun things that I get that I get to do or that I've got to do for the past uh, seven or eight years. Been a lot of random stuff for random organizations. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, so with with your involvement on you know the CC, I see you most of the meetings. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, how do you feel that you know been impactful for your life and and actually working with you know, the LLC? Well, this I mean the CC. I think the CC is a super important um, body. It's not necessarily real efficient or functional, but it's so. When I was on AAR, we we that because we wanted what had happened was there was a perception that, that there that decisions were being made in, the, in an insular fashion that we were a cabal and you know I don't think that was the case but you know I was a part of it so who knows I, I was I was in those cabal meetings so it's not a cabal to me and so we, we really wanted a way to 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 force and to really you know aggressively court community input that's really important and it's it's important for someone that goes to Flipside because when you when a lot of people when they go to Flipside, it for lack of a better word, it takes over their life. I mean it really becomes very important to them. And for them to be able to to not only know but to feel that it that they have a say in what's going on. And that if they think something is broken or something is unfair, that they can go and say, This is broken. This is unfair. I want you guys that are actually executing what the community wants to, to hear this. AAR doesn't run Flipside. You know, the AFs don't run Flipside. The community, it's the Flipside community is what runs Flipsiders. That's the way it should be, and it's and like the constant reminder of that is super important to always be heard. I mean, it's I think the CCs, it's it can be really to me, it's kind of funny. It becomes very frustrating because a lot of the things that get talked about are things that um, have been round and round and round, mm -hmm. and you and you know they don't ever get solved. But, it, you know, as Clovis is, is wanting to say, you don't ever solve doing the dishes. You don't ever solve taking a shower in the morning. You don't ever, you know, it's, it's stuff that you do have to do. And it's important to make sure that, that, that people are heard. But it's, it, it's still the, the pedantry and the, um, the long-windedness of certain people, including myself, can be really, can be really hard to stomach at, at times. So. But, it's, but it's, it's, a, it's still my favorite place to, to go drink a beer on a Monday night. So, so what do you think about Flipside actually, you know, growing? And getting bigger it's awesome i mean again it's if flipside didn't i mean it's not about growing you know it's not the size of the party type thing but it's if flipside didn't change wasn't different don't get me wrong it's going out and blowing stuff up and not that things have blown up there in a long time but uh listening to music and having a good time with all your friends that's fun but it's like if it was the same thing and the same people every year that would get pretty old so because it's fun and I don't want my friends that have been there to stop going and I want to meet new people. It's, I mean, it has to grow. I mean, the thing is, is flips, flip side's got to grow. It's got to evolve. It's got to maintain the things that make it flip side and to find new things that, that make it something totally different. I mean, and that's, I remember Tyler Hansen said something super powerful to me, to powerful to me the first year we were at Flat Creek. 
remember going up to him and I'm like, hey, um, you know, what do you think? Because he's he's an event producer. He's an amazing person. He's he's very much a visionary. Um, I have mad respect for the man. I'm like, what do you think about about the new land and what and what how this got pulled off? And he's like, it's like you know, awesome job moving to the new land. But he says like, I don't see anything new here. If you look around, look at the theme camps, look at the effigy. You know, it's all different executions of it. But like, what are the new ideas? What are what's the new thing that's moving forward? If you're doing a theme camp, you know, has this has this been you know have these theme camps kind of been done before? It's like, yeah, it's a different theme for this bar, but it's basically this is a bar theme camp. This is a kink theme camp. This is, you know, whatever. And that's the thing that I think is really important to always kind of ask yourself when you go to a, an event like these is, am I seeing stuff here that's new, stuff that I've never seen before, stuff that's challenging me, stuff that, or am I, you know, am I just seeing basically the same thing happen again, maybe with new people? One thing I want to be clear about is I don't, I think it's super important that people get to experience that. Not everyone that's gone to Flipside for however many years I have or whatever. It's super important that that they get to go make those mistakes because those are those are really good experiences. There should also be these new people coming in trying brand new things. And it's like that's why Flipside always has to be growing and changing. Because if it doesn't have that, then it's I'll get bored and I won't, I'll stop going. So okay, just going going from okay, how many times have you gone to Burning Man? I've been I went there the first time in ninety seven and I've been I think I've been eight eight times, nine times. Yeah, because I went from 97, 98, 99, 2000. And then I, when we did the temple, I went that year and for the three years after that. So, so yeah, basically I went four years, took eight, nine years off, went four more years, and I took the past couple of years off. So, Okay, so from someone that's gone from, you know, flip side to Burning Man and, and vice versa, just real quick, what are the differences there? Um, it's funny because, uh, one thing I realized in 2009, when we went back for temple, I realized that when I went to Burning Man in 1997, the first time that they so much didn't have their shit together at 10,000 people as we did, as we had kind of already moved to when we had probably 1500 people. And I'm not at all saying that that's wrong or that they did something or that they're slackers or anything like that. It was amazing how them already having experienced what they experienced in growing this event from nothing on a beach to what it is today, how much we got to leverage that. Like we, you know, they, they had already done a lot of the silly mistakes and we, we got to just hit the ground running. So we were already, we were as organized then or basically, you know, we're as organized now as they were when they had 30,000 people, which is, which is, which is crazy. And so, I mean, the difference is flip side is, your hometown is your small town where you're from and Burning Man is, you know, Mecca or New York city or London. You know, it's, it's the big city. It's the real deal. Not that we don't have amazing art at Flipside, but it's the scale is going to be different. Most likely we don't have three or four weeks ahead of time to get set up. It's pretty much impossible to just do the, some of the stuff of the scale that, that Burning Man has at Flipside, which is, which is okay. They're different events. Um, and also just the, the number of people, again, it gets down to, you know, sec, second or third degree separation at flip side events like that. And it's fourth and fifth degree separation at, at Burning Man. So it's just you're not only are you more anonymous with people, but there's so many, there's so much more of them and just the size. And the one thing that Burning Man all, will always have that makes it such a spectacular event is just that, I mean, 
assuming that they're still there. Is, I mean, the Black Rock Desert. I mean, it's just such an amazing tableau. Your literal blank canvas, but yet the canvas itself is super beautiful. I mean, the mountains around there, just the the desert itself. I mean, it's just, I don't know. That's the thing that I, I remembered when I got there in 2009 after having not been there for so long was, and, and we were there for early entry too, so there was no one out there. And just being out in the middle of, of that, it's just like, wow, I forgot how amazingly pretty this place is. And so that's, that is the one thing that they're always going to have on us, but it's, there's huge differences, but there's, there's similarities too. I mean, the, the attitudes of people are pretty similar in both places. I find you can strike up a conversation with most anyone. They're usually going to be interesting conversations. People have the ability to, to wait patiently because everything you have to wait for everything at, at a burn event, you're always waiting for your friends. You're always waiting for, for something to be ready or, you know, whatever. I don't know. It's, it's, they're totally different and exactly the same in all the, in all the ways. <laughs> so since you've been around for a while, uh, when did the decision to come from, you know, uh, Burning Man always burns the man versus flip side will always have a uh, different effigy. When did that actually come about? Uh, what was what was the process that led to that? Do you know it? Um, well, I mean, part of it was – I'm trying to remember if there was like – that was ever specifically said. I mean really what it was is we wanted people to have different – or you know, we wanted different people to lead the FG team. And also, I mean, one of the things that I, that I really uh, wanted to do – I wanted to change the name of the event every year. I wanted it to be something totally different. And so basically, you know, if you were, especially because we were really, Burning Man was not a thing back, you know, in the year 2000. I mean, it was, it was certainly a thing, but it, it wasn't, it wasn't, if I go to HEB and I find five people in the supermarket that at least two or three of them are going to know what Burning Man is right now. In, in, in the year 2000, if you if you found someone that knew what Burning Man was, it was it was pretty, you know it's pretty rare. And so we were still doing outreach, but we're trying to kind of also keep under the radar. It's like you didn't have that. It's weird to say, but the respectability that Burning Man has now. And so I like the idea of you know really creating something brand new every time. You know that starts with the name too. I'm sure there was talk about it that I've just forgotten, but I mean I think it just kind of makes sense and. It's kind of the nature of the beast of of the way we do things here. That of course we would have something different every time. You're not why would building the same thing every time is kind of kind of boring, you know. Even if you stylize it, it differently, like they, like Burning Man does, you know, they've done such a you know radical changes last year. We why would we put limitations on? And I say we, I mean by we, I mean the community. Why would we put limitations on whoever chose to be the effigy lead? I remember having the discussion. I can't remember how many years ago it was, but when we reaffirmed it recently about the effigy itself and specifically the part that I remember and I, th I think makes sense or at least speaks to me personally is the basically humanoid or at least animalistic, basically something that people can kind of identify with. And I don't think there's any reason why you burn the effigy, burn the man other than if you don't do that, you can't do it again the next year. The ability to kind of feel yourself up there on fire, I think, is something very primal and I think that really speaks to a lot of people. And so that's kind of what the community said that they wanted. And that's, so that's really been kind of the only guideline and it's not a rule by any stretches, but it's always been kind of a guideline. I mean, obviously we've had, you know, the rocket and the chalice and things like that. So I'm not sure that answers 
your question, but it's that's kind of the, the at least how I remember it, it, it progressed anyway. So you actually went straight into what I was going to ask. So do you find that the actual burning of the effigy is a transformative experience? Do you find it just big structure fire? What do you look at it as? It's I mean it's all those things. I mean it's the thing. It's what's interesting for me as somebody who's been who's seen a, a lot of quote effigy fires is a lot of the things that that come to me when I see them is you know, what's happened since I saw the last one? Some people do the whole Happy New Year stuff, blah, 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 and things like that for Burning of the Man or Burning of the Flipside Effigy. And it's maybe not that for me because I'm not that sentimental, but it's just it's still a good marker for what's happened. You know, how have I changed since the last time I watched an effigy burn? And certain times, I re you, you really can, especially if it's been a struggle, and especially, you know, when I was on AAR, when I was a member of that board, Especially, it would be, it would it was a, it was a little bit more poignant to me, or maybe maybe poignant's not the right word, but it's it was more. Um, I was closer to it. I knew the struggle. I would generally know much more about the struggles to how the thing was created, to stories behind it, things how people had transformed in creating this piece of art that we were then gathered all together to watch burn down, and that coupled with the oh my god, I hope nothing happens because this is when something horrible could possibly happen. You know, that fear just from a, a liability and just someone in a position of being a representative of the community, you know, that, that was, that trepidation was always there, but it's, I, I, I don't get as much of the representing myself on it. I think my, it's more of just a, a marker for me. Temple burns, those are, I mean, things that are more marked as a, a remembrance of, of people gone past or things that have passed, those can grab me in ways that I don't expect. And and any really any big burn can. The, lots of times I'll be surprised by just be watching a fire and all of a sudden I'm, I'm crying or I'm laughing or I'm thinking about things that I haven't, perhaps haven't thought about in a really long time or I'm having realizations. And so it's, there's there's obviously something sub subconscious going on there, but I have no idea what the hell it is. So it's I mean it's so yeah, it's all those things. It's a big structure fire, it's it's something very deeply personal and private, and it's it's you know, it's New Year's Eve all at the same time. So it's like most like most things, uh having to do with burn events and flipside or whatever, it's it's a bunch of things wrapped together, you know, and held together with gum and bailing wire. So <laughs> It's always that you've been going for so long. I, I always get the the impression that the the veteran burners don't give a shit about the theme. I think uh, I've said this. How how do I say this? So I've always said that the theme and how we pick it, especially, is the is the most important thing we do that doesn't matter at all. And it's and what I mean by that is especially like the way we choose themes, which is you get up and present things, and then people get to put their dots on it. On a they get three dots, they get to vote for all three dots on one theme or they can split their votes or however and there's people trying to buy their dots and just all sorts of ridiculousness going on it's like that's a time when someone who's just come out for the first time or someone who's been going forever can really come out and be a part of the process and it's it's nuts and it's like it, the theme i suppose could have a direct impact on how what kind of a flip side you have but in general it doesn't really have that power but at the same time it does it can determine your costumes or it doesn't have to 
you know, or it can determine what you're doing for your theme camp or if you're going to do an art project, but it doesn't have to. You can let the theme guide your direction as much or as little as you want. It's always funny to me, people that really get, ex not excited because I can understand excitement, but the people that really get offended or really, I guess offended is really the word I'm looking for on what the theme is. Like Bad Idea was a good one. Bad Idea was a good one. Nice. Uh, Bad Idea was a theme that provoked um, a fair amount of angst from people. And it's not, I'm not saying at all that their angst isn't valid, but that they are, they assigned the, that importance to the thing that goes below the word flip side. I don't understand, which, but that's, that's okay. There's lots of things I don't understand. And so I think they can be really fun. I think the, uh, I think Burning Man has some wonderful and some really horrible themes. I think Flipside has done the same. But it's like, you know, Dreams of Chromatic Distraction. That's a good example of, like, people showing up and, like, this random amalgam of three themes smashed together, which is how that happened. What was it? I don't remember what the three, the three were. But basically, someone just said that. It was Tim said that out loud. And everyone was like, yay! And... Basically, that became the theme. So it's just, it's a weird thing. It's its one of those, it's like, I don't know, I'm a huge college football fan. And it's like, I assign huge importance to who can carry this weird-shaped ball over a line more than the other team or kick the thing. You know, it's like, it's its something that doesn't matter. It's the same type of thing. It's basically, people get excited about about strange things. And it's like, that's one of the things that some people choose to. And it's, it's you know, I get excited about it in a different way. So, <laughs> I don't know. They're kind of fun. This is the first year I'm actually going to... I submitted a theme. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Understandably Dangerous Theater. <laughs> nice. That's pretty good. I thought that was... A, it came from the last one. The last podcast I did whenever Bo... He likes to talk, and that's great. I love him. And, you know, it was like 90% is just, you know, talking, and then he'll throw that 10% out there. There was that 10% uh -huh. just right there. It's like, that's it. It's like, that's exactly what we're doing here. It, yeah. That is yeah. exactly what we're doing. So that's... that's I'm going to be trying... To get that out there. I like that. <laughs> I thought that was a really cool one. Oh, that's right there. It is. All right, well, that's, and, that's a, and that's the thing about most, about really anything in life. It's like those things that just come to you and the things that are really simple, you know, the simple songs that are amazing. It's like, it's like, wait a minute. It's like, that's three chords. And it's, it's the most beautiful thing I've ever heard. It's like, it's not complex at all. It's like, that's, I don't know. I've always said, that, you know, the simple things are that matter are, are what, or what matter? That doesn't make any sense. But. What, what kind of shocked me a little bit about um, going to the CC meetings a little bit was the veteran burners out there at the CC meeting. Now we had the, had the discussion about the, the, the wristbands, mm -hmm. and it freaked me out that no one liked wristbands. Just straight up no one liked them. Mm -hmm. That's weird to me, man. I've only, oh, known, totally, I've yeah. only known wristbands, and I, I, I like them. Not just for the functionality, but because they're actually a very cool it's, memento type. It's thing? a memento. Yeah. It is an extra little piece of swag that I get to keep around. Uh -huh. That's one that I get that I actually keep. Uh huh. Oh, totally. And it's what's funny is like, and it's oh my god, I'm, I'm turning into my parents. It's like it's this is such a generational thing. Like you see so many people these days, those kids these days, and they've got a they've got all these wristbands on. And it's like, wow, that is kind of cool. It's like, you, it's like it's the a marker of your journey that you can wear as a badge on your sleeve. The, the reason, I mean, I'm wristbands are a huge uh, hot button topic for me because I'm not. I really hate labeling. That's the that's what drives me crazy. Is like like I grudgingly. I'm not sure that I will say that I agree with, but I understand why having a wristband is good as a marker for 
who should be here, who shouldn't be here. Um, I don't like that either, that anyone should be here or shouldn't be there. But anyway, but like that's the camel's nose under the tent. And then it's like, oh, okay, well, you know, it's going to help us. And it really doesn't. It sounds like it would, but it really doesn't legally um, help us to, to label minors or to label, you know, whatever. And it's just, it's like, let's not put people into boxes. Let's, we, we do way too much of that based on numbers of things already. And it's like, I'd rather not give more information about people to someone from a glance and let's, let's do interactions and let's, let's use those things to determine if some, you should give someone a drink, you know, if, if you should really be interested in this person as someone you want to kiss, you know, it's like, you need, you need to figure those things out for yourself. And that should be a part of your responsibility as someone who goes to this event, you know, you want to be a community member and, and do things in the right way. And so I just, I don't know. Well, I, under, I understand it's, it's one of the main things that I've seen is maybe, maybe, you know, one of the things that folks I might need to focus on is not is, is adding in the participation. Yes. To be a participant, not just a, yeah. you know, hang, hang on. That, that's been a lot of what I, what I've seen is, non-participant not non-participant but just that that's that's the line right there is what are you doing but you're not participating mm -hmm. you get me uh -huh. like, this could be solved because well you're not you're just standing there and not not participating yeah you're well you're you're expecting someone else to solve your problems for you mm -hmm. yeah it's basically yeah it's basically it's like well i shouldn't have to worry about that because we just mark these you know yeah it is that whole thing and it, and it's funny the you know the participate participation you know there used to be a giant sign at Burning Man that said no spectators. You know, that was that was before the, the Ten Commandments, the, the Ten Principles came down. You know, that, that was really the one. I mean, and that's still – that. it'd be nice to see that kind of get a resurgence. And it's I think the Ten Principles are amazing in the way that they work together and contradict each other. But it's um, – but that as just a general philosophy for an event and how to make an event better is – I mean, I can't come up with anything better. I mean, it's basically if you say if you're going to this event, you're part of the entertainment. You're part of the infrastructure. You're part of the leadership. Just by going to this event, you have you take on the responsibility of doing all those things. It's like that's how you get amazing events. And it's like that's the you know, you know, the ability to do that, um, and for that to really happen, and for people to take that responsibility on, that's the sky's the limit type stuff. So, mm -hmm. Yeah, no kidding. Well, actually, one thing that it's it's awesome that it, uh, you've applied for the CC. I think, and especially someone that you've been gone for four, going for about four years, I think. Yeah, this fourth year. Yeah, well, and it's this last one was my fourth birthday. Yeah. yeah, it's like that's the thing that, especially like being on the CC and doing that real quote work that needs to get done, of kind of forming what the community says is important. It's so important that people that haven't been going as often jump in and do that, and that I, you know, I'd like to see people. Their, after their first year, come on, you know, come on to the CC, come to church night, come to meetings, come to these things and really demand to be a part of this thing. Because, I mean, that's the way that it works is basically the new energy that's excited about this. And that is, I mean, that's what's going to make this thing actually vibrant and make it so it's a place I want to keep going to mm -hmm. is people that aren't old farts like me doing stuff that's new and different and like that has different ideas. And it's just like, yeah, it's like, yeah, that worked for you guys when it was a thousand, 2000, 3000, but it's like, I want something bigger. 
and then for people to say, well, I don't want a huge event, you know, and like have all those same conversations and all that stuff again, because they're, they're questions that always need to be answered. So right. I find it kind of funny whenever I go, it's, I'm probably the, the newest burner out there, maybe more than likely. And it's just, it's one of those, you hear the conversations, why every now and then I'll pipe in because I'll have, but what about this? This uh-huh. is, this is, yeah, this, exactly. this is weird to me. And, and I understand that, you know, I've, I've gone from uh, an opinion of one way to another one, just based on going mm-hmm. there. And I understand it's, okay, well, this goes this way. It's because of this and history and whatnot, but I'm new too. So what about this? What about mm-hmm. this idea? And it's, it's hilarious. And hearing, like I said, the the not not the fact that it was the underage wristbands. It was more or less just the fact that you didn't like them at all. Uh-huh. And I look at them as a piece of swag. Uh-huh. That's what I get to keep. I love the tickets. The ticket designs are great. The stickers are cool. I don't really keep them. Uh-huh. I'm not the kind of person that has a filing cabinet to. See, that's funny. It's, it's, fun. it's funny. It's funny because I, I keep the I keep the tickets and the stickers. And I I think actually I think I've got the wristbands too. But it's like. It's just such a different. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean that that I mean that's weird. That that is almost almost like a generational thing. Yeah. And it's and the thing is because I don't. I'm not a huge fan of swag at all. Mm-hmm. Like t-shirts, patches. I mean the patches are amazing, but I don't do anything with them. And it's like and t-shirts, if they're nice, I'll wear them. But it's like I like the. I don't like the swagification of of events. I like mementos, but my, it's my mementos are more what I remember as opposed to a, something that triggers me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's like 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 volunteering. It's like I don't ever want people to be volunteering because they're going to get a T-shirt, or that be the thing that pushes them over the edge. Right, right. You know? yeah, it's, I've also gone from uh, I, I was never a picture taking person anyway, mm-hmm. and so I mean, my first year I took a couple pictures and take a, take the video of the effigy as you do, mm-hmm. and then this last year was like, you know what, nah. Yep. It's all, it's all going to be mine now. No one gets to see this. Uh-huh. I got to see it. Yep. That well, was it. And, but what's – I mean you're so absolutely right and I couldn't agree more. But I do have to say it's like I remember what the, the like the one time I ever have like really got out my camera to burn event was, was Burning Man 98. And those pictures are awesome. Sure. It's just like now I'm just like I'm so glad I took these. I mean yeah. So it's – it's yeah, there's, there's I, definitely I both sides I of the coin. I completely agree yeah. as well. That's the funny thing. I, yeah. I agree. But I look back at those and go – that's great. That's super cool. But if I showed you this picture of of the of the, of the 25, 25 pound ball pendulum swing at, uh-huh. at Brad Idea and go check this out, you're gonna look at it and go, "That's I don't get it." Yeah. What? Yeah. Exactly. What yeah. is that? You well, don't know you the had story. Yeah. And you, had to, you also got to look at this YouTube video that it came from. And just check this out. And it's like, wait a minute, and it was bad idea. So it's funny. So yeah. it's just like, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So I don't I don't really show anybody those anymore because it's, it's all mine. Uh huh. And now it's. I don't, and plus it's a hassle. Well, that's and that's that's the main thing for me is it's like you go to concert. You're these, oh man, I'm back to these kids these days. But it's like you go to concerts and people are like watching it through their phone, right? And it's just like I just don't. It's like I don't get that. It's like you're not going to watch this. It's like the sound quality is going to be hideous, and it's and you're taking away your enjoyment of it right now. And it's like you know I get the memento thing. I get the you want to. Uh, you're living in a wider sphere than the people that are in that room with social media and everything, but it's it's still such a a foreign concept to me of willing to give up this really precious time of seeing a band or being at a burn event, burn event, burn event, to to stare at an electronic device, you know, mm-hmm. and just like and and capture some weird facsimile that's not as good as what you're experiencing right then, you mm-hmm. know. I I get that to some degree, but it's like people that live through, live that just 
they're a mystery to me. So well, at the same time, it's just you know, again, kids these days, it's, it's the advent of cell phones and it's the fact that now you're now you're taking pictures of the meal. Uh huh. Okay. Yeah. I guess I don't. This is what I ate today. Whatever, man. Yeah. I don't care. <laughs> I'll take pictures of beers, ex beer bottles every once in a while, just so that I remember. That's like okay, like I'll take a picture of the beer bottle with my thumbs up uh, <laughs> next to it. Be like, okay, I like this stuff. Buy this next time. Yeah. <laughs> So what what do you what do you think a a new burner should do when they come in? Come into come into Flipside. If, um, well, if if you're a new if you're a if you're a new burner, you're going to Flipside. I mean, it's kind of a double edge thing. So like I am unfortunately want to do, I'll give you two answers. I mean, part of it is if you're going to a burn event, I hope you've taken some time and done what you can to try to connect with other people face to face that are around you ahead of time because there's nothing like just sitting around and kind of being able to read people's faces when they tell you you need this you need this you need that um you should do these things to kind of get a feel for what you're getting into i mean it's and when you get there when you actually get to the event first thing i'd recommend at least for me and the way i am is get to the event figure out where you're camping not necessarily set your stuff your stuff up your stuff up, but like figure out where you're gonna where you're gonna land that night or that morning or whenever you go to bed, whenever you fall asleep. And once you've done that, go meet your neighbors. Like go over. Don't be shy. Don't worry about these people are cool or these people are not cool or these people are beautiful or these people are ugly. Whatever. Just go meet your neighbors and introduce yourself and say hi. We're neighbors, and you're gonna. Those people are gonna become your friends, most likely, or your most bitter enemy. You know that's really kind of how it goes with neighbors. Once you've done that, then basically do what you want to do. Basically, and when I say do what you want to do, I mean exactly that. And that doesn't give you the right to do anything that anyone else doesn't want you to do. Basically, you don't have the you don't have the right to fuck with other people's good time you don't have the the right to basically steal their ability to do whatever they want to do you know it's the whole what's the old adage your freedom of expression your right to freedom of expression ends when your fist hits my nose or something like that yeah it's i mean it's but but basically with those very small limitations just go walk around if you want to sit there in your camp on your ass and be a lazy sack of shit and play angry birds on your phone do that. I mean, if you want to go out and experience amazing people and art that you can touch and climb and play on and dance with, go do that. I mean, and take yourself out of your comfort zone. You know, feel free to do basically, you know, go. You see that camp over there? It looks interesting. Go walk in and say hi. Go walk in and introduce yourself. You see that cool piece of art? Go look at it. Talk to the people that are, I mean, Go interact with everything. Don't don't be a dick. Don't be a jerk. Don't basically make yourself. What's what? How am I? What am I trying to say here? Basically, don't um, don't impinge on other people's freedom to be themselves. But don't be afraid about introducing yourself. Is really one of the the, the biggest things you can do at an event like that. Is just don't don't be afraid to don't be afraid to do stuff. And don't be afraid to not do stuff if that's what you want to do. It's it's crazy. It's like every year, it's like going into burn events. I can just feel my my mind 
go into a different mode of I'm not going to worry about the fact that I have this this thing I need to do unless I unless I feel like it you know it's like I'm not going to worry about the fact that oh okay I just woke up it's seven in the evening or it's three in the morning or it's noon I'm not going to worry about this you know my time schedule I'm not going to say oh geez it's two in the morning I better go to bed I'm going to be it's two in the morning what do I want to do I'm tired I'm going to go to bed you know oh it's ten o'clock at night and everyone's super excited and amped but I'm tired I'm going to go to bed you know it's like I just do what you want to do once you're done with Flipside or this burn event give yourself that freedom all the time and it's like that's the most that's definitely the the gift that these this type of thing has given me really more than anything. It's just like the ability to realize that everything you do is a decision you're making to do right there, and to to remember that. So that's a long answer. Jeez, <laughs> it's two long answers. <clears throat> no, I just I have people that that you know, asking me, well, why do you go? Why do you do this? You know? Oh yeah, I mean, and and, and then I have the the other one where it's. You know, well, you're only you're only doing flip side. Why don't you say fuck that and go to actually the big the big burn? Uh-huh. You know, it's yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> it is. Well, the thing is, is like I mean, the big burn's awesome, but it's like you know, whatever. It's like I and especially after you've been once or twice, it's like it's it's amazing to go to the big burn at least once just for the scale because there's no way to to look at to go to Burning Man and not just be like holy shit. Right. To sit on the Esplanade or go out to Deep Playa and just look at the city and just be like, oh my god, look at, you know, it's just, and, you know, and while you're doing that, there's a shark driving by and there's a guy walking with his, a feather in his butt and it's just like, it's just like the tableaus that you get in Burning Man of just weird and grandiose and like nothing you've ever seen before are just... Yeah, it's bizarre. I find that's the cool part about flip sides. You, yeah. you still see that too. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But it's it, and again, it, and it gets back to what I was saying earlier about you know the amount of time that we have there. The scale is different, and that that is something that's different between Burning Man and Flipside is the this, this scale. You don't have, we don't have a, a seventy mile lake bed, right. you know, and so it's like that that giant emptiness that's filled with amazing weirdness and lights and colors and sounds. It's just yeah. Have you been to other okay other than Burning Man and have you gone to like Mischievous or, or um, Freezer Burn? Um, I've been to yeah I've been to Mischievous. Mischievous is awesome. Mischievous is so much fun. It's so because uh, I keep I keep getting told the well I've experienced it too. I've been to Mischievous, but it was the what Burning what Flipside was a decade ago kind of thing. It's, that, yeah, in a way. I mean, it's I mean, it's basically in that vibe, you know. In, in, yeah, you know. It's definitely a, yeah. It's definitely a lot. Uh, I love how um, how jackassery it is, and how um, like just the 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 anything goes. I mean, not that's not really the right way of saying it, but it's like just the the amount of fun that people have there, and that still happens at Flipside for sure. And it's I wouldn't. The thing is, it's it's a different event. I mean, it's I wouldn't say that it's like Flipside ten years ago as as much as I would say is it's like Mischievia right now, mm-hmm. you know. And so. I mean, I think there is some similarities between those two things, but it's I you can't it's it's definitely apples and, and chainsaws. I mean, it's like you can't you can't compare the two. But uh, yeah, but I've been to uh, I mean, I've been to like the soups and decompressions and stuff like that. I've I haven't been to as many other regional events as I've I've wanted to. I've been meaning to go up to Lake Sapphire and like uh, what's the one in oh jeez 
Gateway and Apogea and Soak and Critical Massive and Sea Compression and I mean there's so many different ones I'd like to go to and the one event that I go I I am blessed enough to get to go to um, every year is the 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 leadership conference in that uh, Burning Man the Regionals Network puts on every year and it's just the people that I've met through that have really just make me want to go to to all their events I mean it's so much it's it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun, and the people are people are great. Because again, it gets to me. It, to me, it almost always gets down to the people, and that's that's what makes it a lot of fun for me. I'd like to go to nowhere. That'd be a lot of fun. I'd like to go. That there's a new burn that just I think it's maybe two or three years old that they just started doing in Israel. That's huge. I'd love to go to Africa burns. But well, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I'm about to have my first child, so we'll, we'll see what happens with that. So, what do you think about bringing kids to Flipside? I think it's an awesome idea. I think it's uh, it's it's every parent's. And really, discussion with their child to to decide what they want to do. But I mean, it's that would be one thing that would make me stop going to Flipside for sure. If if we if whoever was in leadership at that at that point said they wouldn't allow children to attend. I mean, that's just that's just dumb. And I, and I, frankly, I don't think that's ever going to happen. Um, and it's it's not necessarily because I love kids, although I do. Um, but it's like I'm going to say it. I believe the children are the future. <laughs> Um, and it's, I mean, it's such a, it's, there's kids. I remember, uh, oh my gosh, I can't remember. Jonas at, I think it was 99, the first, the first real flip side, um, first official flip side. They were putting up the effigy and it fell and it, I, I didn't see it and it wasn't really close from what I understand, but it was like, it was like a scary thing. Like it almost hit him and it's like, and that, you know, kids going to college now. You know, I think he might be out of college now. I can't. Re I can't remember. But it's like, it's like people have grown up going to these things, and there's the the burner kids are freaking amazing. They're not having trouble with drugs and alcohol. They've been around people that know how to make intelligent decisions, and so it's like, and that 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 aren't going to sugarcoat it or try to scare you. They're not going to say that these things are wonderful or these things are the the worst thing ever. They're going to say, you know, here's real information. You know, this is what happens if you if you drink all the time. You're you're not going to be a useful useful person and people probably aren't going to like you it's basically burner kids are usually pretty well adjusted and pretty they may not adjust well to traditional schooling but it's like they're generally overall pretty well adjusted people at least the ones that i know and so it's and plus just like watching like following kids around here's another pro tip for first-time burners go if you if you're out during the day and you see some kids just go like sounds really creepy but it's like <laughs> go follow the kids or like see what the kids do like because they're gonna find the really fun stuff like it's like like eight-year-olds like they don't they don't care it's like it's like oh this is you know if they find something that's like not interesting they're they're out of there they're not gonna sit around and wait to talk to the people and have them explain it to them there's like they're, they're gonna go find the really the really interesting uh stuff so yeah please don't take that out of context but yeah <laughs> That's another reason why I like going to the CC meet. It's not the fact that it's, you know, seeing how the sausage is made. It really isn't. Mm -hmm. It's to actually be able to hang out with these cool people. Oh, totally. Yeah. And, and hear, hear the ideas and no, now I get to hang out with everybody for at least a couple hours mm -hmm. and hear them bitch. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, it's, yeah. And it's, and it's funny too, because it's like, it's because like in the beginning, I mean, really what happened was when we all got together way back when and started doing this stuff together, 
I mean, it was very much like it was just a bunch of friends and we happened to do an event. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, and if, whether that was what brought us together or was the fact that we were friends and we happened to do an event, I mean, who, who knows who cares? It's all because it's so it's so big now. It's like it's almost it's harder to find like the the central thing other than maybe church night to where it's really I'm going to go hang out with my people type stuff. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, it's that is that is kind of weird a weird dichotomy. Yeah, it. I find that it's more interesting, especially whenever you can devote a little more, just a little bit of time, because I don't I don't know about everybody else, but it's not just a one you know one weekend thing it's uh-huh. more of a no i want to see see what's what how can i keep this going year round uh-huh. you know I, you make a project this is a project, yeah exactly you know? yeah or or you know all right, fine i can do this all right now i want to go see what these other idiots are bitching about you know uh-huh. it's hilarious it's it's great yeah it's i just sit back and enjoy the show sometimes yeah, oh absolutely yeah <laughs> Well, it, yeah and it's and the, and there is something to the, the sausage being made to you that's that's somewhat interesting and it's like it's it's definitely not an efficient model. The flip side isn't, or and most burn events, as as far as I know, really aren't. But it's like it's not it's not meant to be efficient, mm-hmm. and that's the thing that it's that I always have to remind myself when I'm just like, oh my god, we are not talking about this again. It's like it's like no, I I can't I can't. Okay, we no, we have to, because it's it's important again because it's there's always new ideas. People need to be involved and informed, and you can't just say that we're doing this because we've always done it. And so it's like mm-hmm. it's. Well, I mean, the discussion about the, the wristbands, it was one of those, oh, this has already been discussed. All right, well, let's go ahead and go through this anyway because, you know, and I didn't know right, yeah. anything about it, really. It's like, okay, you just get the cursory talk, and it's like, okay, well, that sounds good. Here are the reasons why it probably isn't a good idea. Mm-hmm. That kind of thing. Okay, no, that that makes sense. I got it now. Okay, yep. no big deal there, you know. And, and it's also – well, maybe, you know, especially with the wristbands and, you know, just underage drink, it's one of those, you, you should probably say, hey, maybe the theme camp should be a little more uh, educated mm-hmm. on what they're doing. Not that they don't know, but some might mm-hmm. not. So it's, hey, by the way, you know, it's, it's one thing to say all the state and federal laws apply. You say that all you want, but until you actually look at them and go, no, all state and federal laws apply. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah, well, and it's and the thing is, and it's and it's also important because it's you know it's important to realize that hey, part of the contract between of you going to this event is you have to take responsibility for this event, and it's like if you're gonna give alcohol to underage kids, which is which is funny because it's like I've really I I'll not that it. I look not, I look for it, but I've really never seen that. No. Um, but it's but uh, if you're gonna do that, it's like you're gonna screw it up for everyone. Not, and, and first off, yourself, because you're going to be the one that gets arrested if something happens. And it's like, and it's going to screw a bunch of other things up. And so it's just, once people hear that and they realize, oh, okay, we do want to do that. And it is our responsibility. And I shouldn't force that responsibility on some organization to do that. It's like, that's not fair to them because they're people. You know, they're they're me just, just as much as I am. It's like, you know, members of AARLC for years and years have run bars and, and theme camps. You know, it's like they're doing the same same type of thing. So it's just like, yeah, it's people understand they understand it so much more when they realize that it that we are all you know all of us are what make Flipside. So yeah, no, exactly. So um, have you gone? Have you actually been on like a, a on a land search committee before? Um, I don't know. I think I probably have been. <laughs> um, I haven't. Uh, 
I don't I have never been a the person that was like just going out I mean I would always you know screw around and and kind of look for stuff and if I found stuff I'd bring it up but I've never really I've never found anything that that um that we have as an organization have looked at mm-hmm. um but I've definitely been on some scouting missions like mm-hmm. you know basically like flat flat creek is when I when when I was on uh ARLC Basically, we were trying to figure out if we were going to stay at Rec Plant and just park all the cars somewhere else and do entire shuttle service, which was interesting, um, or find something else. And then Flat Creek kind of landed in our lap from people that had been doing land search. And so, I mean, I've been part of doing transitions, but I don't, I, I haven't gone out and like uh, hit the hit the bushes to try to find new land. I haven't done that that stuff. Wait, we've been going for a while. So, uh, yeah, thank you for coming by. It was oh, awesome. no problem. No problem. Really cool. And are you going town hall? I will be in Minnesota. So that's a no. Yes. Yeah. Actually, awesome. there's a there's a small chance that basically my my wife's doing super good. I'm not sure if you know Beth, but um, she's pregnant. She's doing really good. But if she like is just like wait a second, things have changed, and I really you need to stay home. Then I'll yeah. stay home. But yeah. yeah, that's cool. So let me st- let me have your stickers in. <laughs> What's that? Yeah, <laughs> nice. your stickers. What's the idea? Yeah. Who's <laughs> my proxy? Exactly. All right, well, thank you, man, for coming in. I appreciate you hanging out. Absolutely. It's good to see you. And so on, if the series of seas will always stay close to sea and never trend away, that point is in the Mandelbrot set. Mandelbrot set, you're a raw shock test on fire, a table pterodactyl. You're a heart shaped box of springs and wire in one badass fucking fractal. And you're just in time.